The Way Out Podcast, episode 151. That's what right. was it like for you when you did your seventh step? I did the seventh step prayer. Okay. And I, in that process, I read Drop the Rock. Because I needed more than what the big book gave me. Right. And the 12 and 12 was a little bit more helpful mm. in terms of step seven. Gave me more to work with right. in terms of I'm I, I'm a guy that needs to know what to do. Right. And so if I can get concrete, specific recommendations on how to work a step, right. I'm going to do it. And seven seemed really abstract to me. Like, okay, I'm just going to ask my higher power to move, and then what? What happens? What if they don't go away? Did I do it wrong? Did I ask wrong? Is my higher power not working? Is there something wrong with the relationship with my higher power? What do I do in the meantime? How long is it going to take? Right? All of these questions that I had. um, uh, And Drop the Rock allowed me to understand that, number one, it's a process. Number two... It's on my higher powers time. Number three, the concrete things I can do on a daily basis with regard to my character defects is not work on them, not try to remove them myself, but work on the opposite principle. Work on the, if there's a character defect that is cropping up and it's a process of inventory. Right that I did in four and five on a defect by defect level. What's behind the defect? Okay, I can't remove the defect, but I can pray that my higher power removes the fear 100% of the time that's driving the defect. I love that you mentioned this because it kind of falls in with my experience with the background. Okay. So, my experience was not that I could pray to have the defect removed, but that I could get to the fear behind it through inventory, applying program to it, and then making that ask of my higher power to remove the fear. That I'm going to be okay, no matter what. Because I believe if I do the next right thing, that the rest of it will take care of itself. And I don't need to indulge in this defect in order for me to feel okay, or in order for the world to be okay. Welcome Way Out Faithful and First Timers to this week's installment of the Way Out Podcast. We appreciate your ears. Our mission is simple to bring you powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics so you can jumpstart or re-energize your recovery from alcoholism and addiction. The Way Out Podcast does not speak on behalf of, nor are we affiliated with any 12-step organization. The Way Out Podcast partners with All Recovery Rings and AllRecoveryRings.com, where you'll find stunning recovery rings made from your very own recovery coin. That's allrecoveryrings.com. The Way Out Podcast is a proud supporter of Transitions Daily. Would you like to join a free, anonymous online group 
that offers a daily topic email with popular recovery resources accompanied by a secret Facebook group for discussion? Go to dailyaaemails.com for more information about Transitions Daily. Don't forget to share dailyaaemails.com with friends, in meetings, and with sponsees in recovery. Make sure to check us out on the web at www.wayoutcast.com. There you can subscribe to ensure you get the latest episodes first on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Help us recover out loud by giving us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Your voice matters, so share your thoughts on recovery with us by calling us at 218-382-1960 or leaving a message with us on the Anchor app, available for Android and Apple. Every week, we'll be asking for your thoughts on next week's topic. Someone, somewhere, needs to hear your share. Finally, a word of caution. This podcast may contain strong language and mature content. Listener discretion is advised. The Way Out Podcast is on right now. Along with Jason, I'm Charlie, and this week we're continuing our series on the 12 steps with a seriously righteous breakdown of the seventh step. Simple in its phraseology, the seventh step represents a crucial first in our working of the 12 steps. It's the first time we're making an ask of our higher power we connected with in steps two and three and utilized in four, five, and six. Step seven centers around a key and fundamental element of all 12 steps, indeed around spiritual development as a whole, humility. This virtue gets a bad rap in this day and age largely because it's often confused with thinking less of ourselves, when in reality, humility in practice really means thinking of ourselves less. We'll illuminate why Step 7 is so vital, what working this step looks like in practice, and what we can expect after working this crucial step. Plus, we share feedback from the Sober and Serious community, take your calls, and share an email from one of our loyal listeners. So listen up. Jason? Hey, man. You're back in studio, brother. Yeah, it's been a minute. <laughs> it has been a minute. I agree. Gotta love Zoom and everything. I mean, it helps like when you're up north or whatever. That's right. Yep. But, and it allows us to still be able to do this show right. on a weekly basis and bring you recovery power topics. Oh, yeah. And powerful recovery stories on a weekly basis. Wow. That was really nice how uh-huh. you tied in your little uh, catch slogan That's right. thing. From that. That's yeah. right. Good job. It is awesome, you know, but I missed your face. So. Oh, I missed you too, brother. Glad to be back. It's good to be back in the comfy confines mm-hmm. of the Way Out Podcast studios. This super sweet chair that, yeah. Wasn't this your dad's chair? That was my grandma's chair. Grandma's. That's right. Oh, my bad. I knew it was right. grandma's. Or a grandfather's. Probably, more specifically, probably my grandfather's chair. But nonetheless, yeah. it's a leather green chair. Let's use the theater of the mind now. It's a green leather chair. It's very <laughs> well, well worn. Yes. Very comfortable, but it's smaller. Mm-hmm. And you feel it kind of fits like a glove, yeah? I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Now... It, and it's very 70s-esque, by the way. It's an olive green. Mm-hmm. 
and if I still smoked, and if I smoked inside, <laughs> it'd be one of those chairs where yeah. you, you know, uh, sat back and had a cigarette. Yep. Uh, they have this table right here next to it. With a big old ashtray. Yep. Mm-hmm. I have a stove. We're talking step seven. Step seven. This week. Mm. And step seven is a very concise step in terms of the wording, but it's a very powerful step in terms of where it sits within the spectrum of the 12 steps. Yeah. You're going to walk out of this episode today with a really good understanding of why we work this step, how we work this step, and what we can expect after we work step seven. So let's, off the top, uh, read that step out loud and give you some definitions out of what we uh, hear in this step. So step seven reads as follows. Humbly asked him to remove... Our shortcomings. Okay. Two key words, humble yeah. and shortcoming. We're going to come back to humble because that's a really important principle that we work across all 12 steps. Yeah. And it is the key principle here for a variety of reasons that we'll get into as we walk through this. Humble means having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's importance. Now, I'm going to take exception with the low. All right. Okay. I don't think it's having, being modest, being humble is having a low impression of yourself. You don't think that, huh? No. I think, I think humility, as often is expressed in the rooms, Mm-hmm. of recovery is not thinking of yourself less it's no i'm sorry not thinking less of yourself right but thinking of yourself less yeah you know who said that don't you Mm-mm. winston churchill and it is abundantly true yeah right it is Peter, not that i have Peter a low opinion a of myself right mr Solberg. right Ta- yes taught me that 100 <laughs> percent. so it is that i recognize that there's other people in this world and that my one of my main purposes is to be of service to those people and i can't do that if i'm constantly self-seeking right okay yep and so humility allows me to be less self-seeking and more other seeking service oriented that's right which is a leap for us in the beginning. Shortcoming. A fault or failure to meet a certain standard, typically in a person's character. Hmm. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's your behavior. It's it's your thoughts, beliefs, and attitudes. That's right. That's right. It's what we're doing, right? My character defects start in thought but they're executed in action right so i can control i have the ability to change my behavior right i need help doing that and there's a lot of things that we do in this program a lot of tools i can use to help me modify my behavior even if i have the wrong initial thought and that that (laughs) 
right? We'll talk a little bit more about that as we walk through this. But, so you know, over time, over time, we can begin to change those those internal processes, the 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 way that we think, the way that we feel, um, and the way we respond to the world around us. That those things will change over time. But yeah, it's it's not like going to be right now. You know. So let's set the table here for step seven, because six steps came before this that have prepared us to get to step seven. And yes. if we're not ready for step seven, what typically does that mean? We got to back up. Boom. Back up a step. And if you're having trouble with that, well, you need to back up another one. Boom. And so on. And back up until you feel like you're at a spot where you can then start to move forward again. Correct. And be honest with yourself, because you're not. This is only for you. Yeah, it ain't going to work. This is only for you. Nobody else. So be 100% Yep, be one hundred honest and get to a place where if you're not ready, get to the get back up to where you are. Right. Because that's what step six was. You know, that's right. We came entirely ready. If we're not, then we need to do six again. Yeah. And if we're not ready to do six, we go back. So in four and five, mm. we discovered and admitted our character defects. Yes. And a lot of other shit. Yep, yep. But out of that, really, what we're most interested, a lot of that we want to discard, right? We want to discard the fe- the shame and the guilt and the and, and the emotional baggage around it. Amen. We want to get rid of that, right? And we do that in four and five. We're discarding that. Trying, and then we, trying. Yep. yep. For and sure. It's, a, it's, a, it's not a 100% deal. The only step, right, that's 100% in my mind is step one. The rest of it we do to the best of our given ability. Well, and I look at it like this This is the point where, you know, I, I probably am aware that, you know, some of that stuff I was able to let go of, and here's like a whole bunch of this other stuff that I wasn't, and that's why we need this step. And these are the measure of our character defects, and as we talked through in step six and again, if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely do that. The essence of a character defect, according to 12-step literature, is when we demand more out of a behavior or a substance or a person or a thing, then when we when we try to derive more satisfaction than should be due us out of that, right? Yeah. So when we abuse that yep. person, place, or thing, or behavior, in order to try to make us feel right or feel good, right? Okay, or get what we think we need to be okay. Yeah, that's the defect. So, for example. If I am watching porn four times a day, okay, that would be a character defect. Right? You would be sore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. And if I am eating my feelings, <clears throat> yeah. If I am seeking uh, more out of an individual than. Uh, is rightly due me that is to quote the degree of perfection right right uh that uh, separates us separates it uh, that behavior from god's will from the god of my understanding so my god the god of my understanding wants to be at me to be of maximum service to the god of my understanding of the people around me if i am um trying to uh fix myself through these 
character defects, uh, then I'm not useful. Then I am not able to be of service to the degree that my higher power wants me to be. Well, and it's it's an unattainable goal. You know, it's it's empty. Um, we we learn in this program that spirituality is a one key element that allows in something, some higher power that can do for us what we could never do for ourselves. These steps alone by themselves without that element can't recover you. But with the higher power, that'll take care of the the loose ends, the things that we couldn't let go of or get over on our own. So it's like, it's essential. And yeah, before this, we were trying to fill, you know, they call it a God-sized hole or fill that void, that spiritual, trying to solve a spiritual problem with something else. With a chemical or behavioral or whatever whatever answer, right? What I found was when I pursued these pleasures and desires, what I thought were needs, what I thought were solutions Mm -hmm. in chemicals or people, often what resulted was me feeling empty and not feeling like I still had what I needed Mm -hmm. and other people feeling hurt, used, and um, unloved. And this is how we can have a host of people around us that care and still feel alone and we can feel unsatisfied with life, you know? That's right. I've had periods in my life where I was more successful by the world standards than I am today, you know, as far as financially, uh, maybe on a professional level, you know, or whatever. Um, Held a higher position at my job or, you know, whatever. But it's like I wasn't satisfied with anything, you know, like today, even though, yeah, I mean, life is some aspects of it's a struggle, but I feel satisfied most of the time. I feel content most of the time. And of course, that's not all the time because we have to revisit, you know, use these tools again and again to keep the maintenance of our spiritual condition. That's right. In step seven, we are asking our higher power that we established in steps two and three that we carried with us in four, five and six. We're asking, we're making our first real ask. Right. Of this higher power. Up until now, we have not asked our higher power of anything directly step-related. We may have asked for help in prayer, in in some of those things, right? But this is our first formal ask. Right. Or this is at least the first time that it was suggested. In the steps. Because we're supposed to do it in order, but everybody jumps ahead. (laughs) This is true. Well, if I do a foxhole prayer and I go and tell everybody in my life that I'm sorry and I have no fucking idea what I'm apologizing for, maybe things will get better. Yeah. Oh, but I don't want to do that inventory thing. Oh, man. They are definitely in order for a reason. Yes. (laughs) So when we do this. I might have done that. The what. So we just got done talking a little bit about the what this step is. This step is a formal ask of our higher power to remove these shortcomings, these character defects right. that we spoke of. Okay? The why really surrounds these character defects are now blocking us. We are uh, now asking our higher power to remove these character defects because, again, they represent blocks to our spirituality. Right. And that 
is a process that requires a lot of humility. Cheers. Right. This is really now about the how, okay? The it, 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 For me, I had to get myself into a place where I was humble enough to realize that I, could know, I couldn't remove my own defects. Boy, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> I tried inactive addiction and alcoholism to remove my defects, and it was like whack-a-mole, man. I bet. Okay? Every time I thought I had one under control, another thing would go out of control. Right. And then I'd get that one under control, and another one would go out of control, right? And I couldn't do it by myself. And I felt defeated all the time. This is one of those moments where you would be like, man, it's like the universe is against me. That's right, man. Everything is happening to me. Like, well, this isn't fair. That's right. Life is hard. It was like a, it was like character defect and addiction whack-a-mole. I felt that way. For 20 years, dude. For 20 years, right? Like, okay, I'm going to try to be, uh, more patient, but, and more tolerant. And then, you know, uh, because I spent whatever energy I had being patient and tolerant for whatever period of time, you know, something else would go out of control, right? Like, you know, uh, I was eating 12 bags of potato chips a week because, you know, it was just this sort of, like I said, character defect and addiction whack-a-mole. Yeah. I mean, I would sit there and be like, eventually get a case of the fuckets and be like, what's the point? That's right. Like, I keep trying these, you know, and it's it's not working. So I give up. I'm going to just do what I want to do and F everyone else. So now that we have a higher power with us, right? we're asking our higher power to remove these defects. I'm not removing these. Okay. Right. This isn't a process of me removing my own defects. This is a process of humbling myself and realizing I can't do it on my own. Right. And I'm asking my higher power to help. And it's going to be on your higher power's timeline, not yours. That's what right. was it like for you when you did your seventh step? I did the seventh step prayer. Okay. And... I, in that process, I read Drop the Rock because I needed more than what the big book gave me. Right. And the 12 and 12 was a little bit more helpful Mm -hmm. in terms of step seven, gave me more to work with in terms of, I'm, I'm a guy that needs to know what to do. Right. And so if I can get concrete, specific recommendations on how to work a step, right. I'm going to do it. Right. And seven seemed really abstract to me. Like, OK, I'm just going to ask my higher power to move. And then what? What happens? What if they don't go away? Did I do it wrong? Did I ask wrong? Is right. my higher power not working? Is there something wrong with the relationship with my higher power? What do I do in the meantime? How long is it going to take? Right. All of these right. questions that I had. Um uh, and drop the rock allowed me to understand that number one, it's a process. Number two, it's on my higher powers time. Number three, the concrete things I can do on a daily basis with regard to my character defects is not work on them, not try to remove them myself, but work on the opposite principle. 
right? Work on the, if there's a character defect that is cropping up and it, it it's a process of inventory right? that I did in four and five on a defect by defect level. What's behind the defect? Okay. I can't remove the defect. Right. But I can pray that my higher power removes the fear. Right. 100% of the time that's driving the defect. I love that you mentioned this because it kind of falls in with my experience. We'll get back to that. Okay. So my experience was not that I could pray to have the defect removed, but that I could get to the fear behind it through inventory, right. applying program to it, and then making that ask of my higher power to remove the fear that I'm going to be okay right? no matter what, because I believe if I do the next right thing that the rest of it will take care of itself. And I don't need to indulge in this defect in order for me to feel okay or in order for the world to be okay. I use my character defects because I'm afraid if I don't, the world is not going to be okay or I'm not going to be okay or people that I love are not going to be okay. That's why I use my defects Mm -hmm. to manipulate and control the world or to, to, to make me okay. Right. If I can get to the fear behind it, ask my higher power to remove that fear and then work on the opposite principle. Yeah. That's how I apply step seven on a regular basis and drop the rock. Broke that down for me in a really concrete way. So you're saying that it kind of helped you like made the paradoxes of recovery make sense to you. Yes. Like, Cause you know how, like I say paradox because it's like, it's backwards day, right? Like when I first got in recovery, it felt like every day was backwards day. And it, and I'm getting told that if I do this stuff that I would like usually be like, hell no, if I do that, it's going to make my life better or make me feel better. And I'd be like, really? <laughs> but it made that stuff make sense to you. It did. That's awesome. It did. Tell me about your experience around seven and how you took this what seems to be a very simple step. Right. But as we come up against it, I think a lot of us had the experience I had like, okay, then what? Like I just ask and they're all gone. And like, what if they're not? What, what do I do then? Like, right. Right. Well, I think it was, um, well, first of all, I knew I'd been working on my fourth step for a while. I think that I got, I got stuck on it for a couple months and it was kind of getting me in a low place. Uh, I felt, very like especially like Sundays you know at uh the I was still in extended care at River Place uh it was like visiting day nobody was there I think I talked a little bit about that in our episode on fourth step or fifth step but anyway I'd come back I knew fifth step was coming up so like you I was really looking for additional information about these fifth sixth and seventh steps because my sponsor pretty much told me ahead of time that like the fifth and sixth are going to be simultaneous steps and or not simultaneous, but, you know, like same time, kind right. of like one right after the other. Same. Right. Um, and he said, and with the option of throwing seven in. Correct. But he said, it's on you. You know, if you're there, 
but you got to be honest with yourself if you feel like you're there. And I wasn't there. I wasn't there. So I was kind of, you know, I'm trying, I'm still working on the fourth and I'm still like feeling like this, uh, it comp- compulsion to like be ready for the six and seven steps. And I didn't know if I would get there or if I'd ever get there, but I was getting in a dark place and it was progressively getting worse. So I ended up going to church that one day and I've t- told that story to you the first time I experienced the Holy spirit. This was right before my fifth step. I had already set up my fifth step and I was like, right on, we're just going to do it. You know, it's funny that you mentioned the drop the rock thing, right? Because that was me being hung up on some details and finally saying, you know what? We're going to go ahead and do this. I need to do it. I got to move forward. I'm sitting still and it's not affecting me well. So we set it up. I end up going to church couple days later but before i did my fifth step and i had that experience and then i think that was cool because it kind of worked together for my good because then when i did my fifth step like i said in that episode i was sick i thought i was gonna puke and he was like are you okay and he's like you need to do this tell you guys not to bug you and i did my sixth step right so it's like i've i've built my foundation with the first five now i'm sitting in an hour of quiet reflection i'm trying to figure out did i do it all with you know 100 percent honesty and genuine uh effort and like really really did i leave no stone unturned to the best of my ability and thinking in that hour man was like i was i was like crying the whole time and i just felt uh a resurgence of that desperation from the beginning of my recovery journey where when I was like, I really don't know what I'm doing. I need help. And I know that like when I did my third step, that was me saying, I'm going to let a sponsor guide me. I wasn't there with the God thing yet. And that's all right. Cause it works wonderfully for me. And I was able to build that foundation in that state of mind. Um, uh, really just putting my faith in the people. But then seventh step was something that I did do right after my hour of quiet reflection sobbing and i was you know they talk about we humbly asked for me that looked like a sobbing baby asking like please you know just do whatever do whatever you do you know i'm gonna ask you to remove my shortcomings i said the seven step prayer but i had a like long dialogue with them after that about like i don't even know who you are but I know that I felt something the other day and I can't deny that. And like, I need you to move in me, dude. And I need you to do whatever you want with me, you know? And it's, they call that a stupid prayer. Sometimes you say like, if you say whatever you want to be done, I'll do Lord. You better watch out what you pray for sometimes because it'll really put you in some positions you never thought. But man, as uncomfortable as that might be, uh, when those, those doors start to open in front of you, dude. I can't be more grateful that it happened to me and that I've really done that and like followed the calling or what I've been led or, you know, given people of my time when it's cause you know how many strangers reach out to me, dude, and I'll sit and I'll, I'll get on the horn with them, whatever, you know, and try to be there. And it's crazy. Cause I never would have did that before. I would have been like, you know, 
but it's just cool you know like when i did my seventh step it was crazy because you talked too about the um that you can pray for the fear right like i didn't do that but the crazy thing that happened man was i slept good that night i wanted to say this story so bad when we did the six step episode i did because it was just out in my head so hard and i'm on tip my tongue but I, I did this and I, I but slept. we had made we had resolved yes. to not talk about seven right and right. that one that one Facebook guy was talking about it and then I said the words step seven and I you you uh, gaslit me in front of everybody <laughs> no it was good though because I was like it's his fault and I had a scapegoat but anyway <laughs> I'm like dude I I did that that night and I slept good and then I slept good again. And I slept good again. And it took about two weeks for me to realize that this was sticking with me. This was something tangible. And then here's another thing. Up until that night when I did my fifth step, I was always getting uh, drifting off into la-la land, obsessing about my court case, obsessing about my pending sentence, obsessing about whether or not I was going to lose all contact with my son Wyatt, my youngest boy, obsessing about these things, living in fear. And so uncomfortable in my own skin and worried. And, you know, I couldn't even allow myself to feel any pride over the sobriety I put together and all the growth. Because I had grown a lot by this point already. I really had or had. And I was like, dude, I can't even enjoy any of it because I just can't get this shit out of my head. And guess what happened after I did my seventh step? Not only was I sleeping at night, which was probably a direct result of this, my anxiety, my fear. Um, those things were lifted from me and you talked about being able to pray for the fear to be lifted right and the fear to carry out the rest of this work and to see this process through and oh man that happened for me you know and it took a while for me to realize that it wasn't uh, it wasn't just a fluke this is where the change starts to happen this, and you know, this I, step is where the change yeah. really begins to happen. Because God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. Like I said, the third step, I said, okay, I'm going to follow a sponsor. I didn't say I was going to follow God. But this was my first time inviting God in. Like, you you join the party. You help me fight this battle. Because we're making that specific ask. Right. And he did, man. And that might sound crazy. You know, I know it does. I know it sounds crazy because I used to be the guy that was like, what the fuck ever? You're so full of shit. You know, like I would listen to people share this stuff and say that. And we could also feel probably too that there's fear behind asking our higher power, this newfangled higher power or a higher power that we've had all our lives that we're reconnecting with, whatever it is, that there's fear attached that what if it doesn't work and what does that say about me? What does that say about About this higher power? That's right. And how worthwhile I am, right? There's There can be fear attached to that. So, yeah, I'm like, dude, I'm telling you guys right now, this is something that I never could have believed. So I'm not expecting you to really believe me, but I do hope that it opens the door a little bit to the possibility of you at least just giving this thing a try. As Joe and Charlie always say. Right. Just run the experiment. That's right. Boom. I just, it popped my head. 
That's right. I've learned so much. From you. <laughs> You're blessed. And if we run the experiment, okay, and we do it to the best of our given ability, you'd be amazed about uh, in, in terms of what these seemingly abstract actions, yeah. these abstract ideas, yeah. when put into concrete action, result in tangible changes. Real talk. You know? This shit works, dude. Yeah, it works. And it's amazing. Like, So I said that, the seven-step prayer. That feeling of when the fear and anxiety lifted was such a breath of fresh air, dude. I felt so much better. I was like on a pink cloud for like a couple weeks after I did this step because of that. And I, cause I was growing so fucking weary dude of working so hard studying and meeting with the sponsor and, and trying to help out these new guys in treatment cause they had less time than me and all this shit and doing every next right thing in front of me and still never feeling like any kind of peace. Right. This step gave me that peace. So I'm super, super grateful for that. The seventh step prayer reads as follows. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defective character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. I I repeat that prayer every morning. So that's part of my recovery um, toolkit. That's awesome. Every morning I hit my knees and I say that prayer. Because that that for me represents the single greatest thing I can do is to enlist my higher power to help me get out of my own way. You're making him the director. That's right. You know, and, and fundamentally, this just means I'm, try, I'm, I'm enlisting the help of my higher power, so that he can help me get out of my own way, right, and be helpful to people. If I am full of character defects and self-seeking, then I'm in my own way. Okay, I'm not helpful to anybody. Right, and people are getting frustrated with me because I'm taking more than I should. Mm-hmm. I'm you know, um, acting in ways that are hurting people. Right. And I'm blocked from my higher power. Okay. But. It's so easy to do. So easy. Yeah. I mean, I don't say the seventh step prayer every day. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't. I haven't actually heard that in a long time. Um, but I love that you do that. And that's something that I should uh, consider maybe making a part of my routine. Because I love that concept you know and i think i do kind of do that you know i study the word and i'm right so involved with like these ministry things and things nowadays but man you know it's like i like the way it's worded though you know like that's a powerful prayer it really is i was ready after five and six i was really ready i i saw my character defects for what they were and i was ready i wanted to be done with them and when I said this prayer, mm-hmm. after my quiet reflection in step six, taking stock of my work to that point, right. and then genuinely and earnestly saying that prayer, I was ready to oh. be done with every single one of them. I wanted no part of any of them for like 
three seconds. And then... <laughs> That's great. And then... And I'm like, well, maybe that one. Except uh, for maybe that yeah, one. That's good stuff. You know? <laughs> it's so true. You start taking them back, right? Yeah. I gave them all the way to my higher power. For a minute. For a minute. And yeah. then I just start, you know, taking them back a little bit. This reminds me of a thing, and I don't know why this just popped in my head, but I guess I'll share it. I'm reading this book right now with, with my girlfriend, and it's called, uh, it's like Present Perfect. And it's a it's about like being aware of God's presence, right? Like practicing that skill. But it taught about taught us about this prayer. We read this chapter this morning, and it's a hands down, hands down, palms down, palms up. Have you heard of this? I have not. Okay, so like you you just get in the practice of doing this thing where you you begin with your hands on your knees with your palms down, and this will symbolize. You letting go of your issues, right? Like your problems. You're putting them down, right? You're, con- you're, you're uh, consciously, like your hands being palms down is like you letting go or handing over these things to your higher power. And it can be any higher power you want. Let's just say that. Um, but as you do this, you breathe in. You breathe in. and Or what is it? You when you every time you exhale you imagine more of it being lifted from you you you're dropping more of it right and then when you're finished with this part when you feel like you're clear then you turn your palms up and that is symbolizing that you're ready to receive the gifts that your higher power has for you and as you inhale you're inhaling the gifts of whatever and being open, being open to whatever your higher power wants to give you, you know, instead of trying to think about like what you want, um, just try to be really like open and, and like just I'm receiving, I'm in receiving mode, right? And so you're inhaling to receive and then you're still, when you're exhaling, you're, you're imagining anything that might be lingering left over that you're getting rid of that out. So we're going to put that in the show notes. Isn't that cool? Yes. I was like, I love that. Yep. What I like about it is that it's integrating mind, yeah. body, and spirit. It's mindfulness. Okay? Sure. So this whole practice that you just described is a practice, right, of mindfulness, of integrating your mind and your body yeah. in order to engage your spirit. Yeah. So we're going to put that in the show notes, for, so check for that. What we're also going to do... I just got goosebumps. Is... Maybe somebody wants to hear that. Right? <laughs> That's cool. We're going to talk about some more literature okay? that will help you on your own journey as you walk through step seven with your higher power. I'm going to read a small excerpt from the 12 and 12 that talks about some humility, which is a foundational element of this step. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to take some comments from the sober and serious community. That's all about the literature that other people have suggested for working through step seven. Yep. And there were some really cool recommendations uh, from a literature perspective. We'll put all of that in the show notes. So you guys have a lot of different resources as you're walking through step seven with your higher power. Isn't it funny? Like this, this episode almost seriously right now, as we're doing it, like feels like it just blew up. Totally. And I'm like, I kind of didn't expect that on this one for some reason. I didn't either. Weird. I wonder why though. (laughs) Cause it's all, you know, Higher power, HP. Totally. What totally. does Omar say? HP, baby. HP, baby. Yeah. 12 and 12 says, 
since this step so specifically concerns itself with humility, we should pause here to consider what humility is and what the practice of it can mean to us. Indeed, the attainment of greater humility is the foundation principle of each of AA's 12 steps. For without some degree of humility, no alcoholic or addict can stay sober at all. Nearly all AAs have found, too, that unless they develop much more of this precious quality than may be required for just sobriety, they still haven't much chance of becoming truly happy. Without it, they cannot live to much useful purpose or in adversity be able to summon the faith that can meet any emergency. Wow. That's well articulated. Bill W's kind of a kind of a rock star when I it comes know. to being dude able is a to, good writer, yeah. dude. And what he says there is if I work at humility as a guiding principle that will allow me to be able to be more effective as I work through my recovery program as i try to put my recovery program in practice if i am coming from a place of humility if i'm engaging with somebody and my ego starts cropping up okay if i work at humility then i can that i can walk the ego back i got dudes in my life that just <laughs> they just knock me down a peg or two every time I start doing it. <laughs> They're like chipping away at that. And I'm like, thank you for keeping me grounded, bro. 100%. I mean, maybe not in the moment, but I usually am later. 100%. Yep. We all need it. It happens, you know. And humility for me, again, is not thinking less of yourself. That's right. It's thinking of yourself less. Boom. We're going to share some feedback from the Sober Series community all about mm. literature and resources that they used right. in order to be able to uh, navigate step seven. Here we go. Time now to hear what the Sober and Serious community says about this week's topic. Every week, we share select responses to the weekly show topic, which is posted every Wednesday as the topic of the day on Sober and Serious on Facebook. Your experience, strength, and hope continue to amaze and inspire. So keep up the great work, you guys. Yeah. We got some calls that we're going to get to as well. Jason was just giving me a call count. We got some calls coming up. Three uh, of them. That is dynamite. (laughs) In the words of J.J. Walker. Oh, man. Here we go. (laughs) The question was, outside of the big book, what other literature helped you with step seven? Again, we use initials. To protect the innocent. J.E. says... The Tao Te Ching. Tao Te Ching. I like that. 
Yeah. I've got that printed and I've started re- reading through some of it. Really? Yeah. It's a little bit of a tough read, but I got to tell you, there is a podcast that yeah, Buddy C does. Yeah. Okay. And he walks you through it. That's why I was, I mean, I've tried to read it before. I've had that book for like three years. You could just print it off the internet. Well, I right? don't know. So, yeah, but regardless. Well, I got a super sweet, nice, like, book of it. So, That's, no, but I literally, dude, was like, uh, don't what? understand like, this shit. Like, what now? Yeah, I don't think I was there yet either, like, on a spiritual level at all. So, it was probably kind of over my head, but I definitely plan on going through his whole podcast. It's, it sounds amazing. I mean, absolutely. I just, it's like finding damn time right now. I'm like, RL says the Bible. Oh, yeah. Basic instructions before leaving Earth. I like it. NL says the Bible and the NA basic text. TB dropped the rock. What, what? Oh, shit. Uh, we got a lot of people saying drop the rock, by the way, and the ripple effect, which I have, but I have not read yet, but I intend to. Cool. And from what I understand, the ripple effect is incredibly helpful for many. So mm-hmm. I abs- that is next book on my list. I've heard it uh, mentioned lots of times. Yeah, I've just never read it either. J.O. says, eight mindful steps to happiness, walking the path of the Buddha. Nice. That's it's, really cool. It's about mindfulness. I bet. Yes. S.F. says, new pair of glasses. I've heard of that book, too. I never read it. There's Ditto. so much good stuff. Ditto. Yeah. Arlena. I love her. She's so great. So many, she says. So many, she says. Horse and Miracles, The Road Less Traveled, A New Earth, Power of Now, 12 and 12. And she says, if you go to aa.org, you can actually listen to the 12 and 12 for free. Yeah. So that's cool. Arlita, you are an absolute rock star. Yes. So many great suggestions. TC says, Sermon on the Mount. I never read that one either. It was a foundational text for a lot of the very early AAs with Sermon on the Mount. Right. Yeah. That's an old book, right? Yes. I'm sure it's probably hard to read. Yeah, probably no harder, though, than the big book. Well, like, you know, like, have you ever read, like, any, like, Oswald Chambers, uh, like, My yes. Most for His yep. Highest? It's really, it's like some hard language because it's just different language, like, language you've never heard before. You know what I mean? Old, tiny. JF says, I guess it's not so much the book as the story behind it. He's my sponsor, by the way. I was sharing in a meeting early in my recovery, and things weren't going so good for me. I'm sure my share was filled with poor me's. <laughs> At the end of the meeting, an older gentleman handed me this tiny little hardbound blue book called Bottles and Barstools. Hmm. He told me to read it. I told him I would and said would bring it back the next week, and he said, keep it. It's yours. I learned a lot from that book about recovery. But I learned more through this man's gesture about kindness, inclusion, and the importance of reaching out to a struggling new member of AA. Super cool. Yeah. Super cool. More Drop the Rock, Bible, Drop the Rock, Language of the Heart by Bill W. That's a tremendous book. Mm. Highly recommend Language of the Heart. Really like a... 
12 and 12 on steroids. It's really cool. Cool. Yeah. Never heard of that. We've got... Here we go. This one's really good. I read this actually while I was uh, in fairly early recovery and while I was completing my bachelor's degree. What's so amazing about Grace by Philip Yancey? Okay. Okay. So I highly recommend that book. It's it's actually a fairly brief read. Right. But it's all about the principle of grace and how grace is by definition undeserved. So it's a really great There's great another read. book called Grace on Tap that's really I know a ton of dudes that say that that was like life changing to them too. I never read it either, <laughs> but you reminded me of it. J.M. says, The Recovery Bible, which I like. Christopher Lee Falk says, One Breath at a Time, Buddhism, and the 12 Steps. Really cool. Yeah. A lot of amazing suggestions. So yeah, we'll put a ton. all of these in the show notes, because if any of these speak to you, go ahead and uh, search those out, but we'll you definitely list those. What I really like about this is that um, because of our diversity in that in that recovery community, and the fact that we're not, you know, we're not representing a single pathway. Look at all those very diverse suggestions. You know, that's what I like. People with different belief systems can resonate with something in that list. It's not and like even if you have a specific belief system, you can be open to other literature from other belief systems yeah. in order to be able to potentially incorporate some of that into your own dude, recovery tool. That was me in the beginning, dude. I was like smudging with this native dude that I was in treatment with. And I was like reading about all sorts of different pathways. That's why I bought the Tao Te Ching. And that's why I got the mindfulness and 12 steps book and, all these things are like different pathways, but I was like, what do I like? What do I believe? I don't fucking know. Who Absolutely. am I? And it does allow you to be able to experience multiple pathways and modalities of recovery and spirituality and identify what works. what works for you. Yeah. And that's how you find. That's right. You know, if you go with one and you just like, well, that's my choice and hopefully it works. And if it doesn't, then, well, I guess, right. Then I guess recovery is not for me. We got some calls, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait. So I'm talking about. And we've got a special email we're going to share. Yeah. As absolutely. Well. Absolutely. It's time once again to take some calls from the Way Out Podcast listening audience. If you want to call the show, you can call 218-382-1960 and leave us a message on the current week's topic. Your calls make a real difference. So yes. we here at the Way Out Podcast extend a heartfelt thank you for your contribution. So let's bring on the calls. Sounds confused. Um, Hola. That chick sounds so confused. <laughs> <laughs> what? All right, we got a lot of calls. We're gonna start. We didn't get to the way out podcast. 
without having photo and eating. So those of us that can't always make it to the room, <laughs> this is a great idea. It also allows, I think, people to anonymously consider whether or not the 12-step program is for them. And true anonymity can exist nowadays because we're online no one has to necessarily know and they can truly independently just listen and see if that's something they want now i want to get into step seven a little bit because that's what your topic of the week upcoming is for me step seven humbly admitted or humbly asked god to remove our defect character comes after step six where we we're willing to let God remove all of our defects of character. Well, if we're willing to do that, why do we have to ask? Why do we have to humbly ask that God do it after right. we become willing to do it? In step four and five, we've done the I've left the program part, right? But then our work has to stop and God's work takes over. We're willing to face our fears, go to any length, and then let it go. Let, let God's timing be involved, right? So we're willing to let God remove all of our defects of character means that we don't get to do it. We don't remove our own defects of character. If we could remove our own defects of character, why should we bother humbly asking God to remove them? Right. That means we're getting out of the way, right? That's what humility is. Mm. We are asking even if we think they've been removed we ask anyway hmm. for me it's well i guess it's like saying we've got to release everything we think we know about ourselves the program and even god and just let god take over like relax god's in charge and then we have completed the interior work in our own lives, truly we have. If after asking God to remove our defects of character, they still exist, guess what? God must still need them there. They must be serving a purpose. And we say, that's perfectly fine with us. If God hasn't removed them, that's great. That's part of being humble. Asking God to humbly to remove them doesn't mean we demand it, right? That doesn't mean we can be safe. He did get cut off. He did get cut off. But what I really, really liked there, and we'll keep caller's name completely anonymous because he didn't mention it, but what I really liked, what you said, brother, was this. We're getting out of the way. We don't get to decide what gets removed and what's not. Right. Humility is all mm -hmm. about I don't have the answers. I can't do it. And this idea, you know, he said, you know, forget what we think we know about the program. Forget what we think we know about God, right. of our understanding. Forget what we think we know about ourselves and simply be genuine and humble mm -hmm. here. Well, I think it's a, it's important, too, to know and remember that this is a lifelong process. Um, <clears throat> this is a, something that we're going to have to ask of our higher power numerous times in our lives and this is also uh you know what the first time we viewed as our character defects when we asked our higher power the first time 
you know, more will be revealed as we continue to go this path and we're going to become aware of areas that need changed or attention or that we need our higher powers help with as we go along that we were, were never even on our radar before, you know? So it's, it's all a process thing. Absolutely. Yeah. We got a call from Matt asking to share his story. Matt, absolutely, man. We will call you back. We'd love to have you on. Share your recovery story with us. So thanks for calling us, man. Uh, you left your number in here, so I'm not going to play the voicemail. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, absolutely, brother. We will be in touch, and we'll get you. We'll get you booked. We'll have you on. Heck yeah! Thanks for calling, Peter. Hi, my name is Peter, and uh, you're talking really I'm loud. Humbly asking to remove our shortcomings. Um, you know, uh, I, I spent a little while on six before I went to seven, um, uh, because I had to be entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character, and frankly, some of these defects I wanted to hold on to, right. because, you know, they made me feel good or whatever. Um, so, I did that stuff thoroughly, and then when I got to seven, I humbly asked them to remove our shortcomings. Again, I, I had to be in the right headspace to just be purely humble, and to ask him to take my shortcomings, which really are all the things that are like ego-based for me. All the things that have to do with selfishness, uh, self-pity, these short, and they come out as shortcomings. Shortcomings are a symptom of untreated alcoholism. Um, and uh, alcoholism basically is selfishness and self-centeredness. Um, so, you know, I, but what I did was I got, um, I got on my knees and, um, I asked God to remove all the shortcomings that I had found in my exploration in four. And I went through them one by one. Um, I, I, God, please remove my lust. God, please remove my anger and rage. And um, I did that. And it, within two weeks, like I was feeling like a pretty different person. Now, it had a lot to do with humbly asking him to remove my shortcomings. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my advice is just make sure your six is really thorough. Uh, and that you are really ready to do this. And then if you're ready to do this, you're going to be humble. If you did six, you're going to be humble. So then it's just a matter of asking him to take these shortcomings away. I hope that's helpful. Uh, have a great week. Bye-bye. Peter, thank Peter. you, brother, very much. You know, it occurs to me a couple of things. Uh, Drop the Rock is really cool because it lists all of those character defects. So if you're wondering what all of them could be, right, we've discovered a lot of them in four and five. Right. And uh, to your point, Peter... Couldn't have said it better myself. If we've done our work up to seven, we're ready. Right. We're I humble. Think, I think it's cool that he said he asked for them individually. I've never heard that before. I've never heard of anybody's sponsor having them do that that way. I like that, though. I do. Because it makes you kind of like say it with your mouth, right? Like, I think there's so much power in the language you use and like that's that's just another piece you know or maybe like an enhancer in a way to this step to do it that way so i i dig what i'm hearing there and i see it obviously worked well for you bro peter you are as always quite eloquent in your uh, contribution on the show so thank you brother we have got one final call from a really special gal Hi, my name is Alicia, and I'm just 
you know, when I think about this, all I can really think about on a regular basis is that I have to ask out all of my children with them. I mean, obviously, as we go for a group the first time, we ask God to about shortcomings, but, you know, I'm human, they come back, and I find myself either having to teach or be judgmental or talking, whatever the shortcoming is that seems to be manifesting that day. You know, I have to turn that over to God over and over and over. It's not something that happens immediately. It's not something that, you know, we're gonna, I turn over once, it's not forever. Uh, we're all working in progress, that's why they say progress, not perfection. That's my thought on that. Alyssa, I, I love the idea that this is a journey, this yeah. is a process. As the first caller indicated, some of them may not get removed right away. And it's our job, it's my job to continue to be humble, continue to ask, yep. and continue to apply program in order to be of maximum service to the God of my understanding of the people around me. Right? Yeah, She, she's like... A ninja. She speaks to spiritual fitness that way. She knows what's right? up. Like, it's about that maintenance of our spiritual condition. It's not what I did yesterday. Right. Right? It's not about that. It's about what am I doing today in order to get out of my own damn way. Yeah, and I mean, it's <laughs> it's safe to say that any of us, even if we feel that we've improved or been completely rid of a certain character defect you know in this journey that sometimes they crop back up they sure know? do it's it's when when you're backed in a corner right like you don't know how to respond to something um that's when the old behaviors old thoughts old beliefs old attitudes seem to come out and play and you know we're given this gift of self-awareness where we can say okay whoops like i had to do that this morning with her actually i got we got in a stupid Kind of, it was kind of like an argument about a word, two words, inevitably and inevitable, or something like that. Inevitable, inevitability, inevitability, yeah, and, in- and right. inevitably. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "There's the same word," and I screenshotted the, <laughs> the uh. <laughs> I screenshotted the definitions of both words and sent her two screenshots. And there's your ego and pride cropping up. Well, it was funny because here I'm thinking in the moment that she wants to be right. And I'm like, I just don't understand if they're the same word and I, and you know, they have the same definition. Like, and I'm obviously right. Like I still can't be right. That's funny. And then like, she was like, dude, they read different and she's laughing. She thought it was funny the whole time. She was definitely more on her spiritual being in this (laughs) conversation. And I was like, I just woke up. So I guess I had, didn't read it carefully because they did have very similar uh, definitions, but they were different. So anyway, then we're reading out of that book that I was talking about earlier. And after we got done with the chapter, <laughs> I had already been planning on, I have to say something because it dawned on me that no, you wanted to be right. You dummy, you know? So I had to say something. And I apologize. And I thanked her for explaining the difference, even though I didn't get it in the moment. You know, after I sat in it and like stewed in it for a little bit, then I got it. You know, I think we're raw in the morning. We're raw in the morning and we're raw at night, right? When we're tired and it's easy to just I was like. I going to say hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Yeah. And that's when my character defects come out. I got right? like. Is when I'm hungry. Yeah. Or if I'm especially pissed off about something or if I'm 
you know, feeling lonely and isolated or I'm tired, man. Right. Those are the spots where the character deepers <laughs> are like, let's go. I got He's a weak. little grumpy about some really dumb shit. Okay. <laughs> it happens, dude. Look, look, my character defects are looking just like my alcoholism right. and my character defects are uh, fundamental to my alcoholism. Right. And they will pounce when I am weak. Amen. Okay. And so that absolutely happens. We've got a very special email. I know. This was great. You guys are going to love it. And it's from JC. And JC has uh, engaged the show over a period of years. And so I'm just going to read it. I'm going to let you guys sort of digest it. We'll talk a little bit about it. But we all have been here. Mm -hmm. All of us. Starts out like this. Hey, fellas, this is JC in Vancouver, BC. That's British Columbia. I first reached out years ago when Charlie was flying solo and I was struggling big time with an ecstasy MDMA addiction. I'm happy to say that I haven't touched the stuff since then and can't thank you enough for that. It saved my relationship. Unfortunately, since then, I've stopped and started smoking weed no less than half a dozen times. I wonder why, though. It's like you can buy it in any corner store in that area. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It's really frustrating because on one hand, I know that I want to be sober. And I've been able to beat everything from alcohol to heroin. But wow. this stupid little plant <laughs> keeps kicking my ass. I think I had just over two months this last time. Then my wife and kids went away for the weekend and I got a bag of weed that was supposed to be for a while while they were gone. But by Saturday, I was buying more. Yeah, That was three weeks ago and I've been smoking every day since. I've no doubt that I'll stop again. I just don't know how long this bender will go on for. I won't go too long with this. Just wanted to accept your challenge in last episode. And reach out to the show again. Right. Thank you, brother. Thank Maybe you. one day I'll call in and, brother, we'd love that. Thanks for everything you guys put into the show every week. It's been helpful to listen even when I'm in relapse. It helps me at least keep one foot in recovery, mm. which usually keeps me one day away from getting sober again. Take care, gents. JC. Dude, I, I love his transparency in this. and. I, I really appreciated it, the email because I don't, you know, this is something that we do. We, you know, I do it. There's been a couple weeks where I recorded two episodes in a week or whatever, you know, when I, now that I'm That's doing right. interviews too, cause I'm a big deal. Cause <laughs> you're kind of a big deal, but yeah, I mean, and it's like, but we don't get a lot of this, like, uh, people writing the show it comes in waves like you letting know, us yeah. know and giving feedback on what it means to them and, and how it's helped them and stuff so it lets me know you know it's it's kind of like god reaching down and uh giving me a shoulder up and saying see it's it's meaningful it's worthwhile so thank you man um i also want you to know that it's not it's not a stupid plant it's just like anything else it's an addictive thing right so don't don't use that as like another way to beat yourself up more or make it even that much worse. Like you're that much weaker, you know, like you said, you've overcome a lot of other things and you can overcome this too. You know, just know that there's hope and, and you can do it if you apply yourself 
to uh, some solutions, which are proven. These solutions, all these pathways of recovery, are solutions that are proven to work if you work on them. So. Absolutely. JC, first of all, thank you for allowing us to share this on the show. Second of all, thank you so much for your reaching out and for your ears. Uh, It means the world to us. And I want you to know that there are a lot of people that are in the same exact spot you're in right this moment. And I was in that spot for many, many years, okay, where I would... uh, uh, get through these addictions. And again, we talked about it even in this show, the the addiction whack-a-mole, man. Mm-hmm. And that last holdout addiction is a bitch. And it's always something The last small. one is a bitch. For me, it's a cigarette right now. The cigarettes was for me. Shit. It was a bitch. I'm okay? vaping, smoking, and right. chewing right now. Two, dude, <laughs> I get it. Believe me, all of my addictive, you know, uh, power got wrapped up into into nicotine right. when I first got sober, and I was smoking, I was vaping, I was up in the nicotine levels on the vape. It was oh, yeah. it was stupid out of control. Yeah, right. So I get where you're at mm-hmm. with a degree of intimacy that's difficult to explain. <laughs> what I can tell you, brother, is that you are on the right path. Okay, and what I can tell you, brother, as long as you want to be sober. Right, and you keep working toward that goal of ultimate sobriety. You're gonna get there, man. Yeah, you're gonna get there, okay? mm-hmm. and you're gonna get there in the way in 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 God's time, in your higher powers time. Okay, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep listening to the show, and thank you so much for uh, allowing us to share that email and for reaching I got, out. I got one more thing I wanted to say to him because this was something in my early recovery. When I couldn't stop relapsing, when I kept coming in and getting 30-day chips and I could never make it to 60, um, that I, I heard, and instead I think I had heard it previously, but I never put it in my pocket. I never took it as truth, you know? I wasn't that sponge that I became when, I, when it stuck for me, you know? Because that was when it stuck, was when I was really, like, I'm really trying to learn from people. But anyway, it was this dude said to me, essentially, along the lines of that, you he was reading out of the NA, I think it's right out of the NA basic text. It says that we are we're powerless against that first drug. For once we pick up, we unleash our addiction all over again. So think about that, bro. Absolutely. That's I, what stopped that's me. That's the from, powerlessness. That's yeah. what stopped me from relapsing. Because no matter how much I fucking wanted it, I was like, dude, you know. I was just sick of starting over. I felt like I kept punching that, you know, like on your odometer in your car, you can hit that button and put it back to zero. You know, it's like. And whether just, you are in a place where weed is legal or not, it is easy to get and it is, in my experience, powerfully addictive. And it's easy okay? to get anyway. So this stupid little plant, man, it is powerfully addictive. Hell yeah, especially yeah, nowadays with the wax and the fucking absolutely. oils and every other thing that they got out there. The other thing I would say is that, especially in early recovery, man, in my first, like, year even, I really tried not to be alone for extended periods of time, okay? I really tried to be around other people in recovery, so I went to a lot of meetings. I hung out with a lot of people that were in recovery that were also uh, trying not to be alone in their own heads for too long, 
right? Treat your head like a bad neighborhood. 100%. Never go there alone. Get out of it, man. And so, <laughs> so you know, uh, uh, surround yourself with people in recovery uh, because isolation, right? Right. Uh, family goes out, right? Uh, wife and kids leave for the weekend, and the isolation for me is a killer. Well, and it might be easy too for like family members if you're not forthright about the depth of your struggles with this uh might assume you know that you're fine and then now maybe you're introducing that you know what i'm gonna make meetings a priority you know a couple nights a week whatever it is uh if if they're having any problem with that dude then you're not telling them something because if your wife knew you know how bad you were struggling then she would be all in on that and supporting you in that decision because she wants you to be your best self. She wants you to be the best husband and best father you can be. You know what I mean? 100%. Great episode, brother. Yeah, it was awesome. Everybody, until next week, be good, and we will talk to you next time. Peace. Thank you for being a part of The Way Out. We appreciate your ears. We're sharing powerful recovery stories and recovery power topics every week. So keep listening up. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can visit us on the web at wayoutcast.com. That's wayoutcast, all one word, dot com. There you can subscribe to the Way Out podcast on all of the major podcast aggregators, such as iTunes, CastBox, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, Overcast, and more. Or simply drop your hosts a friendly email at share at wayoutcast.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, contact us at share at wayoutcast.com. See you next time. And remember, if you don't change, your sobriety date will.